Poker, All the Games, is a podcast that introduces listeners to more than 20 variations of poker. Each episode will highlight one game, as well as dive into any controversial news in the poker world. We know why you're here. Because you love poker as much as we do. Now introducing your host, Sean Griegas. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Poker All the Games. This is episode 29 of Poker All the Games, where we will be discussing Dramaha Zero. I'm your host, Sean, coming to you from the northeast coast of the United States, along with co-host Martin, who joins me from Malta. Martin and I enjoy mixed poker games. We've each written a poker book, and we also enjoy trying different beers. So we'll be starting off today's show as we do with each episode, and that's with me reviewing a beer from the U.S. and Martin reviewing one from Europe. As Martin has decided to review a beer from a different country as often as he is able to, I am also going to take that challenge up and I will review a beer from a different state in the U.S. in each episode. So sit back, grab a beer as long as you're not driving, and enjoy our beer reviews and subsequent discussion of mixed poker games. So today I am pouring a 60-minute IPA from Dogfish Head Brewing Company in Delaware. Let's have a smell. Oh, that's nice. It's piney with subtle citrus notes and all that's coming from the hops. I get a little bit of malt smell, but uh, mostly just uh, pine and uh, subtle citrus. Let's have a look. This beer pours a golden amber and while not completely transparent, it is mostly clear with a small amount of white beer foam. And now, for the best part, let's have a taste. Oh, wonderful. As expected. This is hop forward. Uh, lots of pine and some subtle citrus notes following the nose. And what I mean by that is it following uh, what I got in the smell. There's also a multi sweetness balancing out that hot bitterness. Uh, Spear has medium body and I'd say medium to light carbonation. Dogfish Head 60 minute IPA comes in at 6% ABV. While I sit back and continue to enjoy this one, Martin, what do you have for us from Europe? Okay, today I'm sampling a beer from Ireland. This is a red ale from the Crafty Brewing Company in Ireland, um, described on the bottle as a regal old-fashioned Irish red ale, sweet and hoppy. So, uh, let's have a look at it. It's, it is a beautiful red colour, uh, ready brown, uh, with a nice head of foam on the top. It does smell sweet. Let's have a taste. Oh, yes. That's very good. The, the same thing, Sean. Follows the nose. The taste follows the nose. Uh, it's a lovely flavour. It's only 4.1% ABV. I think it's the least strong beer that I've had 
on this podcast. I might be right, I might be wrong, but it, it, it doesn't sound very strong. But it tastes good, and that's a nice, easy-drinking beer. I'm, I'm enjoying this. So at least one of us will be uh, coherent for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> since yours <laughs> is only 4.1. <laughs> yes, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> possibly. All right. So as if on cue, when you said, uh, let's have a taste, I, I picked up my beer and uh, also grabbed the taste uh, right on cue. Yeah. <laughs> so, Cheers. Salute, <laughs> Do it again. Yes, salute. <laughs> Remember that our focus here is non-hold'em poker, specifically for anyone interested in trying their hands at mixed games and or those looking to try different variations of poker, whether you're a dealer, player, or a card room manager. Our goal is to define the rules, the play, and easy to remember basic strategy tips to get you started in the mixed poker game arena. Today's episode, we're covering Dramaha Zero. Martin, why don't you walk us through the game of Dramaha Zero? Okay, sure. Um, you recorded a podcast where you talked about the game Dromaha. I think it was number 22 or 21. Is that right? Uh, it was number 21. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. Well, there are a number of variants of Dromaha or Svit and Special out there. Uh, each one has something in common in that they are five-card poker games where half of the pot will go to the best Omaha hand using two from the five cards in your hand and three from five community cards on the board and the other half of the hand the other half of the pot is awarded to the best hand of some type formed from the five cards that the individual has now i'll uh quickly go over the uh sort of showdown rules before a, a quick rundown of how the game's dealt so it's showdown that that as, as i said that half of the pot is given to the best omaha hand the other half is given to the lowest number of points. Points are awarded by the number of pips on your cards. So jacks, queens and kings score zero points. So they're the best cards to hold in this game. Aces score one, ten score ten, and everything in between. So the name of the game is Drumhar Zero because zero is the number of points you're aiming for. Now, the game is started with the two people... The two players to the left of the dealer button posting blind bets. There's a round of betting, followed by the dealer. Now, it could be that the dealer uses a burn card or doesn't. It depends on the rules of the casino, the house where the game's been played. Uh, in Porto Masso Casino, where I've recently been playing this game somewhat, there is no burn card. Uh, so either way, there's a three-card flop dealt out face up in the middle of the table. There are community cards for everyone to share. Sure. There's then a round of betting, <laughs> starting to the left of the dealer button. And when that betting round's over, the players can now exchange cards. It's a Svitten variant of Dromaha, which means that when someone draws only one card, the dealer will give them one face up. If they like the card, they can keep it. Otherwise, they can reject the card and be given a second card face down. Now, uh, because of that, the dealer will wait until everyone has declared all their open their, their discards before starting to replace the discards. So the dealer will replace however many cards each player has discarded. 
Once that round is over, there's then a turn card, followed by another betting round, then a river card. Those The turn card and river card are further community cards on the board. Once that is completed, there's no round of betting, and then, then they get to showdown. Um, any questions, Sean, before I go on? Um, no, just I do want to have a just a small clarification, I guess. Um, and yeah, just with the spelling of the game, because it can get confusing between Dramaha and this version called Dramaha, and th this version just has a W, so D R A W Maha, Dramaha, and that's as you mentioned, uh, because of the uh. It's Svitten special, so there's that little extra twist in there. So just so our uh, listeners might easily get confused from my episodes with Dramaha without the W and Dramaha with the W, there's just this extra twist uh, on, on the game that Martin mentioned. Yes, that's right, yes. Um, I think Dramaha without a W is... Actually, probably does have this version as well with with the zero points. Uh, I think I actually played that in Las Vegas last year at some point in June uh, at Resorts World. But uh, yeah, the game I'm describing today is Draw Mahar or Switten Special Version um, called Zero. Yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, just kind of an interesting point from my side when you're, you know, I believe we'll probably be talking about games with uh, points um, over the you know course of future episodes as well. But uh, it just reminds me, it's slightly reminiscent of counting cards in blackjack. So if you're if you, if you come from a blackjack background where you count cards, this this should be you know pretty easy for you to sort of keep track of uh, of the score. <laughs> you're, 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 yeah, you actually. Have. You've led me nicely into the next point I want to make, which is to um, offer a note of caution. I often see players come to this game, and, and, and blackjack's on their mind, obviously, and they misread the effect of having a 10 in their hand. Because in blackjack, a 10 is the same as a jack, a queen, and a king. And in this game, jacks and queens and kings are zero. For some reason, some I've seen it more than once from different people, some people see a 10 as having the same value as a jack, queen, and king, and therefore they turn their hand and they declare a points total, which is completely wrong because they counted the 10s as zero. It happened in only two days ago. And actually it was a Will Sears, a Proker bracelet winner that made this mistake. So um, if a listener does find themselves uh, falling foul of that uh, kind of mistake, that rule, um, they can feel... feel uh, Quite uh, happy about the fact that it's, 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 it doesn't make him a total mug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a couple of days ago, I was playing a cash game in Portmaster Casino in Malta, and uh, it's a showdown, and the Will Caesar Poker Bracelet winner turns over his hand and declares, I think it was four points. And I looked at his hand and I said, actually, you've got 14 points. Because you got a 10 there. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> four points would have been a, a nice total. Fourteen, yeah, a little further that. from zero than uh, than you might have thought. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. So that blackjack, um, that blackjack analogy does work, but with a note of caution. Tens are not the same as jacks, queens, and kings. Yep. Good. Any other uh, uh, beginner strategy tips for us? That sounds like one there. A any other okay, useful tips? Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, well, let's let's uh, go on to the strategy tips. I mean, that that was a kind of um, rule understanding tip, if you like. Beginner strategy tips. I, I think number one, don't be the mug. Um, who plays too many high cards in their hand? I mean, in early position, you don't want to be drawing more than two cards, I would say. In late position, maybe you can get away with three. If you have a read that the action's not going to be too heavy and you can get to see the, the flop and the turn, sorry, the flop and the draw quite cheaply. Um, because it's really hard to make a low points total by drawing multiple cards, you've got to be really lucky. Um Strategy tips-wise, I would try to go for a low points total four or lower is, is what I would aim for. Um, so if you're keeping a pair of threes, for example, that's not usually going to be a road to success. It's not impossible to win with a points total of, you know, maybe even as high as 10. But if you really want to get into a heavy betting in the later rounds and get to showdown in a big pot, you're going to need, I would say, four or less points. And even with four points, you can sometimes lose. So uh, another strategy tip is to back up your low points total, unless you're actually say, holding with the points, the, the zero points, the, the nuts. Um, back up your low points total with a good Omaha hand, uh, either because you have direct equity in a, in a made hand or, or you have a very strong draw. So the best hands are obviously uh, multiple pairs of base cards, kings and queens and jacks um, with suits. And um, I say one point is, is good. Zero points is wonderful. Two points is okay. Four points is usually decent. Uh, but I've seen even, I don't think I've ever seen one point lose, but I've seen two points lose. So um have that insurance policy of an Omaha hand just in case your points total is too low. And obviously, in any fit and special or draw Maha variant, one of the things that you must do is keep an eye on what your opponents do when they draw cards. If someone's drawing three cards, it's unlikely that they're going to get a low points total, although not impossible. Um, if someone's only drawing one card, have a look, see whether they accept the card, and consider whether you know, the card they take can work towards a points total that'll beat yours and then go ahead accordingly. Um, if they draw one card and reject the first one, the second one could easily have made them a low points hand, so be, be very careful. Any further questions, Sean? Yeah, no. It is interesting, though, just a, a comment maybe, um, and that is, you know, the, the nuance in a lot of these games, it, the, the small sort of details, you know, you think, okay, I'm going to make a, a good Omaha hand, you know, and so say, say you have a Broadway straight, for example, you know, and, and the Jack queen, you know, the, those high cards are zero, but then the 10 is actually worth 10. So you kind of, you have a, you might have a great hand there, but then, uh, that, that 10 just kind of throws you away from hitting the uh, zero points, winning that side of it. Yeah, you'd have 11 points there because the ace would count for one and the 10 would count for the, obviously, 10 points. And generally, I don't know. Um, I've actually done some work on this game to kind of get an idea of how often that kind of score would win. And 
maybe about 25% of the time, 11 points would actually win the points uh, from from the um, kind of sampler hands that I've collected. Um, but, yeah, if unless that Broadway straight makes a very strong Omaha hand, which it often does, uh, proceed with caution with 11 points. Um, but, yeah, if, if you hit the Omaha hand. The problem is... You can be quartered quite easily. You can be taking 25% of a big pot if you make, for example, um, a king high straight. So the board is uh, nine ten jack. You have queen king in your hand. Obviously, in, in, in the ace king, queen jack, 10 that you hold. You've got 11 points for your point total and the nuts on the board. It's quite easily for somebody else. It's quite easy that somebody else is holding queen king as well because those are the cards everyone wants. And if they're holding Queen King, I think more often than not, they're going to have a lower points total. So, um, yeah, maybe that's the best uh, the best case scenario for you holding an Ace King Queen Jack Ten, and even in that scenario, there's a point, there's, there's a possibility, and actually a likelihood that you're going to find yourself quartered. Watch how people play, though. Some people play this game, another variants of Draw Maha. Um, leaning towards the Omaha hand. So if the if if you get to the river on the board, you know the, the nuts on the board is a king high straight because there's a ten nine and eight there. You can sometimes tell that certain players, let's say the flop has started off ten nine, I don't know three rainbow. You can sometimes tell by the way some people play their patterns that they're hands might be uh, leaning towards tens and nines because they've, they've hit the board and they, they like that and they, they play the hand aggressively and um, they're happy to go to showdown with that. Uh, in that case, you really want to be ramming and jamming your ace-king-queen-jack-10 because if you're going to be getting a scoop, you want the pot to be as big as possible. So if they flopped a set of tens, their points total is going to be at least 20. Uh, or a set of nines is going to be at least nine, uh, sorry, 18. Um, so, yeah, it's another one of these games where you need to read your players, keep keep, keep observant, um, and try to work out what, what, what their uh, motivation is for playing hands and, and, and building pots. Yeah, I, I, I can see. I mean, like any of these split pot games, right, it is – the goal is to scoop, but it, it is difficult because of the way the rules are laid out in a lot of these games. It becomes a difficulty, which makes sense, right? Because you're you're going to take down a, a large pot, um, and it shouldn't be an easy thing to to scoop a, a pot in in a split pot game. Um, but I can see, especially with the popularity of Omaha, for maybe especially newer folks coming into this game, they would probably focus more on the Omaha side of things because that's likely what they're used to. It's a little easier and they just like, Hey, at least try to win half the pot. And then as you get more experience, maybe you start to, you know, pick up and worry about the points total uh, a little more. Yeah. Th thinking about it, if I'm holding that hand that you mentioned, Ace King, Queen, Jack 10, and I see a board of 10, nine, uh, three, as I mentioned, and I'm heads up against an opponent. It's going to very much depend on the opponent how I'll proceed. Certain types of opponents who, as you say, are used to Omaha, come from that background. 
I'm going to want to get as much money in the pot as possible because even with 11 points, I'm very likely to be, based on my read, I'm very likely to be taking the, the points total with a huge amount of equity for the Omaha hand as well. But again, some of the people that play this game regularly are going to really want to keep the pot as small as possible. Um which makes three-way pots quite interesting because quite often it's one of each. <laughs> and you can be the one in the middle who um, has equity against the Omaha player for the Omaha hand, but has no equity in points against the experienced Dromaha zero player. So in, in those in, in three, three-handed games, you might need to let the hand go. It's, uh, it's all about the read in this game. Yeah, and there's a lot of that in as we've talked about and mentioned in these podcasts. You know, there's a lot of that board reading, uh, people reading, understanding which way people are going. You know, and and the the best thing is when you can deceive people, right? If you say you're playing stud eight, for example, and you have jacks in the hole and a three up, you know, you could possibly people think you're going for a low when you're potentially just going for the high because you have jacks underneath you know so you can fool people in that way in in a game like stud where there's up and down but uh you can still i i think in this game as well like you said it's reading people and understanding does it seem like they're going for the omaha hand more um based on the way they've played in the past yeah exactly exactly and then another thing is, uh, how did they behave pre-flop and then how did they behave post-flop? The flop comes 10-9-3 and they've uh, been very passive pre-flop and all of a sudden they, the, the the switch goes on, they see the 10-9-3 flop and they start to uh, count the chips and announce pot and uh, the money goes in, you can, you can quite often think, oh, okay, they didn't like the hand pre-flop, there's some high cards on the board. And now they like the hand, and you can proceed accordingly. Um, that's the, that's a nice situation to be in when you're playing this game. If you, oh, by the way, I just realised I've, I've just talked about the player announcing pot. I'm talking from a point of view of a, a European player. This game is usually played pot limit here, uh, but it's it's fine to play fixed limit as well. Um, which I should have mentioned that during the. Uh, discussion of how the game is played and dealt, uh, rather than waiting for the strategy section. But section, but, but yeah, that's 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 a point to make there. But anyway, yeah, as as I say, the player suddenly likes the the hand because the board comes with mostly high cards. If you've got low cards in your hand, and and that's quite often going to include Jack Queen and possibly Jack Queen King, you've got Omaha equity that you can really push against a player like that. As long as you can get them heads up, because that third player in the pot could be the one that's beating your points total. All right. Well, better late than never with the uh, mentioning the pot limit and fixed limit <laughs> part yeah. of the game. And I said you were going to be the coherent one with the 4.1. I think next time you need a higher ABV beer. So we. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that will probably help. Yes. Thanks, Sean. I'll, yes. uh, I'll make sure I look one up. <laughs> I think that wraps up our uh, talk about Dramaha Zero. We'll move into uh, some mixed games uh, news here. I have two pieces. This first piece isn't solely related to mixed games, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna tie it all together. We're gonna go full circle here. Um, but it's been uh, sort of 
taking up the Twitter sphere here a little bit. And that's, there was a woman's event, women's event at Seminole Hard Rock in Florida, which had a male entrant um, who ended up actually winning the tournament. So there, there's been a lot of sort of controversy about uh, men entering women's tournaments, which is obviously legally allowed um, because you can't discriminate uh, based on sex. Um, but, you know, it's just it's one of those things It probably you sh just because you can do it, you shouldn't do it. But he ended up uh, playing. And unfortunately, they, they actually fortunately they, they put a bounty on the gentleman's head. He did have to have to buy in for, I believe, three bullets, maybe. I, can't, I don't know if he bought in two and then a third one or this was his second bullet. But he was in for multiple bullets, um, which helped contribute to the prize pool. But apparently at the end, he didn't even want to chop. So it was just it was all about money uh, for him and who knows what else. But uh, but anyway, he was in there um, and that was sort of some controversy. Um, but I want to go on to some mixed games news. And that is on recent episodes, we've discussed uh, a number of mixed game festivals that have had success. So I, I this piece are, you know, basically are non holdem poker games picking up steam. So some of the festivals that we've discussed that have had success were uh, the Poker Go PLO series, um, the Poker Go Mixed Game series. We talk about Robbie's Mixed Games Festival, uh, the Malta Poker Festival, the Kings of Talon Festival recently, which also had uh, a mix of non holdem card games. So there's been a number of festivals um, that have been more successful uh, than in the past. From a training, from a poker training perspective, uh, there's a bunch of references that actually Martin listed in his recent article on pokerlistings.com. And one of those references is a brand new mixed games beginners bundle, bundle by Mason Pye and Tobias uh, Lechness available on bbzpoker.com. And it has what I think is a pretty reachable price point. Um, it's just under $100 at ninety nine ninety nine, um, And I'm planning on taking a look at this package and hopefully doing a brief review in an upcoming episode. So we've got some poker game mixed poker festivals. We've got a bunch of uh, training and, and references. Uh, you can check out Martin's article for those. And while this is still a bit paltry for me. The mixed games tournaments on Poker Stars, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey are slowly but steadily growing. Um, and not to mention, we also contribute to this uh, with the podcast that we have here by providing a simple explanation explanation of a different game in each episode, along with easy to remember basic strategy tips. And I also want to bring up there's at least one site where you can play non-hold'em card games for free with a group of your friends. And it's called Poker Cows, and it can be found at pokercows.com. Yes, like the animal, pokercows.com. There are actually 16 different games to choose from there. So you can go sign up uh, and you send your friends uh, a link and you can play one of 16 different games. So with all of this coming together, it seems we may, Martin, I don't know, we may be in for a poker renaissance of sorts. But I hope so. I do want to just, yeah, I know. I, I agree. I want to quickly circle back, uh, Martin, here to that men playing in women's events and just kind of 
ask what are your thoughts since you're you're in a lot of mixed games uh events you have a home game you go to a number of the festivals in europe how often have you seen this sort of poker drama that we hear about how often do you see that uh when you're playing mixed games drama in mixed games is pretty rare um it's funny that a few days ago at Portomaso Casino there was some drama, but it's essentially um, uh, there was just one player who uh, probably sadly is, is having issues at home that um, insisted on um, yeah berating the dealers every pot you know um, and get he was getting it wrong every pot but the dealers were awesome. Um, but that's rare, and that's that's not because he's a mixed games player. That's because he's he's someone that has his issues with health at the moment that he's very worried about, and he's taking it out on the people around him. But you know, we have we've had a word. Some of us have had a word with him separately, and his um, his uh, his behaviour's been a lot better since, and he's been uh, maybe much more aware of himself. But but that's that's rare. That's really rare. You don't you don't get much. Uh, drama at the mixed games tables. It's usually so light-hearted, so uh, such a fun affair. People are so sociable. They help each other out when they, when players are introduced to new games. There's always a full explanation of the rules and a little bit of strategy tips. You know, for example, if we're playing Spit and Zero, uh, it's set out very clearly that jacks, queens, and kings are the best cards, and that's by the players, not necessarily the dealer. You know, everybody's really friendly, welcoming, and uh, just helping each other to have a good time. Yeah. As far as so, that guy's concerned, he wouldn't be invited to our home game. That's for absolutely sure. Um, and the the crazy thing that he. he is that probably he thinks he was the best player in the tournament, but we all know to win a poker tournament, you have to have some run good. I've no doubt he's a good player. I've no doubt he was better than some of the players in the field, but um, it's a shame that he's probably got the feeling of pride that he probably felt like he was going to walk up to that tournament and take it down with no problem. It's just yeah. on the, on the day see. he was the one that ran well. You still have to get cards, yeah. You you have to get some cards, um, you know, especially in in these games that we discuss here. You have you have to at least once in a while get some decent cards, or you're you're just gonna bust. Yeah, it's just how it is yeah, in these indeed. tournaments. But yeah. so yeah, so these these sort of issues that we see the these that you know make up uh, this drama, you know, tanking in hands, men berating women players and and literally outright fights that we sometimes see you know some videos of people throwing chairs and things and on and on i mean this you know we don't see that you know and and, and that's a testament to what you kind of just described to us and you know you mentioned one player but there's there's always one in a crowd there, there's always going to yeah, be somebody yeah. and unfortunately like you said he's having some other personal issues and it's spilling over into the game and and that's that's unfortunate but uh, yeah. but but there's a lot more that you know we don't hear right. There, I mean, there's little tanking, right, in these games. Absolutely. When you see someone take some time over a hand, you know that they have a decision. It's not because they, um, it's not because they're trying to remember where on the chart this hand is. When I'm, in, you know, I've got forty-seven big blinds and I'm under the gun and I've got. Ace five suited. Is this one of the times I need to use this as a as a raise bluff, raise four bet bluff? 
and they spend maybe that's what they're thinking when they spend so much time over over a decision. No, it's um, it's different in mixed games. You look at your cards, you look around, you you know what the other players are doing. You just make your decision. You get on with it. It does. That's how it it, it works. Um, okay, this game yeah. we talked about today: Svitun zero or Dromahal zero. On the river, you can be facing a decision where the board's changed. You've got a low points to total, but it's not the notes, and suddenly your opponent is betting. You're going to spend a little bit of time to consider whether they've been slow playing a low points total that beats you, and they beat you on the board as well. But, you know, you're going to make your decision. You're going to go with it. You're not going to be making everybody wait unreasonably on every single decision of every single hand, which some of the Holden players are doing these days. Right. Every turn of the card. And, you know, part of the reason, uh, you know, one that you, you mentioned already, but another one is people trying to um, reduce a tell. Right. You know, you act fast. Maybe you have a good hand. You act slow. You're not so sure. You're hesitant. So they're trying to reduce this sort of tell on their betting and, and sizing. And that's the one reason why I, I actually do enjoy fixed limit games, because you don't have to worry about that piece of it you know i don't want to i got to be careful about what size i bet what is that going to say whereas it's just a fixed amount so there is no sizing tell you know you can't tell because it's a fixed limit or even in pot limit it's it's a pot you know a pot bet so you you remove that element from the game which actually i think is a piece that takes uh, uh, up a lot of time uh, people are using to uh, delay the game that's a good point, actually. Um, I, guess, I guess in some decisions, uh, the holding players are, are thinking, uh, okay, with this hand in this spot, I've got to do a raise 30% of the time, a, a check 50% of the time, and a fold 20% of the time. Oh, actually, that's not going to work. You're not going to check or fold. A raise, a call, or a fold, I should say. And then if you raise 30% of the time, so much of the time it's got to be a certain amount, and so much of the time it's got to be another amount. Um, you know... If they're going to spend a lot of time working all that out over this situation, then when the more clearly, um, more easily worked out situations are facing them, I guess they're trying to balance the ranges out by taking time then as well. Um, And that's just not good for the game. Recreational players are not going to want to turn up and watch some genius spend... 30, 40, 50 seconds over every single decision and and and, and that happens every single decision, every single hand, every, every single hand that's de- dealt to them and every single street of every single hand. It's just it's just not good for poker. Um we need Yeah, it's it's one thing grow. when you're truly yeah. playing for a million dollars, but most most of us are out here playing, you know, in the low low stakes. And, uh, you know, you, you'd think some of these folks were playing for a million dollars at their local casino in a one, two game, the, the way they're acting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the last time I played a big Holden tournament was about seven years ago in the battle of Malta. And that main event there, there were people tanking on my table on day one in the early levels all the time. They weren't wanting to engage in conversation or, or, or just you know, laugh about anything. They were so serious. Uh, even as an experienced poker player, I decided there and then that's me done with Holden. Really, 
that's a few years ago. That's before um, further things have happened that have made me even less put off by the game, such as the uh, the growth of use of solvers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, more all these reasons to to join us, come along and join us in this poker renaissance. All right, do you have anything uh, besides what we talked about? Anything uh, mixed game news wise from Europe? Um. No, not yet. I'm still looking out for details of the schedule for the PokerStar scoop that's coming up soon. So, uh, all right, I'm we'll move into mixed game events. Soon. I didn't know if you had any news before we moved into the uh, to the event side of it. No, that's, that's go ahead. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me go over some upcoming uh, events in the U.S. here. Uh, so I'm going to go over the, the big ones coming up, the Aria Poker Classic at the Aria Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada, from May 31st to July 15th. And that coincides almost exactly with the World Series of Poker um, at the Bally's, what's going to be Horseshoe Casino uh, in Las Vegas, which runs from May 30th to July 18th. Of course, the WSOP has a lot of mixed games available, but the Aria tournament also is running a bunch. And uh, if you prefer smaller crowds and buy-ins, the Aria uh, Poker Classic is the way to go. With the WSOP, you know, a lot of those mixed game tournaments are uh, start at the $1,500 buy-in and move up. And then just quickly, some cash games. Uh, mixed cash games regularly run at Borgata in Atlantic City on the weekends. Um, and in Foxwoods in Connecticut, I'm hoping to make a trip to Foxwoods before I head to WSOP for some seven card stud, but uh, I'm quickly running out of weekends here before the 2020 S3 SOP to make that trek. So uh, that's uh, pretty much in the US here. What do you have uh, coming up for us uh, for mixed game players in Europe? Okay, well, uh... Yeah, we've got a quite an exciting summer coming up in Malta itself. On the 14th of May, there's the Festival Series, which is the first uh, event that, or the first festival that's uh, coming up for that I'll be involved in. And that includes events including Fit and Special, Eight Game Horse, and a few others. Um, there's a low buying event around the same time, and I don't have the dates with me, unfortunately, right now, but. In England, the Amateur Poker Association and Tour, APAT, A-P-A-T. Uh, I'm sure find that online if you do a Google search. They're, they're having a festival in Nottingham at the Dust Till Dawn, Rob Young's Casino, and the, the buy-ins are all very affordable and there's a good range of games available there. Um, following those, because they overlap kind of, uh, the Battle of Malta comes up. Normally, there's no mixed games event on there, but for the first time, and as you touched on in the news section, Sean, mixed games seem to be picking up some steam. For the first time, the Battle of Malta is featuring a horse tournament, and that will happen on the 2nd of June. A little bit later in summer, there's the uh, Poker SM, the Swedish Masters. That's in August, and that will include a Sweden Special Tournament, uh, tournament of Chicago, which is a game I don't know. There's also Horse. And then uh, some of the other tournaments are... Uh, the schedule I'm looking at is written in Swedish, so I don't know what they are. But uh, as well as the tournaments, I'm sure there'll be good side game action there, good cash game action. And finally, there's a European Tournament of Poker, 
which is an E to E top, which is a uh, an Italian organization running a cruise around the Mediterranean in early September. I actually think that might be booked up now. So if you're interested in a cruise with some mixed games, poker variants, get on uh, get on online as quickly as possible. If you look at my blog, I've actually done a a, a little uh, a word on that, um, an article on that. So uh, if you need a contact, you can look on there on pokerforleisure.substack.com. If you look on there, you'll find a blog on that specific cruise. Cruise to Mixed Games Glory is the title of the blog. Um, okay, yeah, so that's, that's the next few events coming up in summer in Europe. Um, Good, yeah, you mentioned uh, Chicago and you didn't know how to play. So there is on, I mentioned pokercows.com. Chicago is actually one of the games um, that they spread there. So you can you can go there and uh, hook up and uh, play some Chicago. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm really pleased to hear that. I'm, I'm always I'm always looking for new games to learn. And, th- and th- there we are. There's, there's one to start with right away. <laughs> yeah. Thank Does you, it Sean. say Chicago high or low by chance on that? Because I, I really thought it was just either Chicago high or Chicago low. Um, honestly, no, so, on the festival uh, schedule, it's 150 yeah. euro, 115 euros buying Chicago. That's all it says. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I know that one. I know the high and low, so I'm not sure of regular Chicago. So we'll have to, uh, we'll have, we'll have to bring that uh, to an episode. <laughs> yeah, right, well, well, yeah. Yep. learn about yeah. it first, but yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> Maybe get a few hands in before we uh, do an episode on it. I know it's a game that's really popular in Sweden, and I've got some Swedish friends, so I'm gonna have to sit on the table with them sometime with a deck of cards, and they can give me a lesson, probably fleece me for some euros. But uh, I'll need, I'll need to get get to uh, get scripts with the Nick, get the game, and we'll put it on a podcast sometime. Yes. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, let's move into some recent uh, mixed game play. So I've been playing some more mixed games. Thankfully, finally, you know, we're, we're good ways into the year here. My resolution is is going by quick. But uh, with the World Series, uh, my World Series of Poker trip coming up very soon here, I'm trying to get some reps in. So I did play a $20 horse tournament and a $20 buy-in separately. Of course, eight game mix uh, on Poker Stars. Um, I, I, I really just, I love eight game. It, it's just the, the yeah. just changing the games. Uh, it's fascinating. Go ahead, Martin. No, eight, eight game. It, it, it is a very good variant. You, you, you do get to change the games. The games change very often. There's some really interesting games there and the, you've got to switch your thinking from one to another. It's, 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 it's a fun, it's a fun format. Yeah. Yeah. And I so enjoy horse is. Yeah, I enjoy horse as well, but uh, the the nuance of the eight, the extra three games, I think uh, uh, does well with me. Um, I, I unfortunately I didn't make the money. I did finish thirteenth place out of thirty two, so not 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 too bad. Um, it paid the top seven, so thirty two players. And talking about you know poker games picking up a. Uh, some steam mixed games picking up steam here you know there were 32 entrants which is is a bit and probably 28 of those were unique i, I can't recall 27 eight or nine were unique entries um so not too bad and again uh i placed 13th and they paid the top six uh seven places i'm sorry they paid seven mm-hmm. um but there's yeah there's just so much nuance when switching between several 
several games in a mix. And as most of those who listen to this podcast know, I'm not a huge fan of playing online, but it's really um, the only way to play mixed games. Um, uh, and that's on poker stars. So, uh, and the other thing that I, you know, I don't want to say too, too much negative here, but the, the problem I have with the, uh, these tournaments on poker stars is that the blinds just go up so quickly. It just, at the end, it just kind of turns into a crap shoot. And I, I mean, I guess a lot of the tournaments do as well, but the blinds just seem to go up so fast. And I'm not sure if it's just poker stars or if it's just, you know, just being online because you're dealt so many more hands, but uh, it just, you just see, seem to get blinded out very, very quickly. And in the eight game, it doesn't seem to happen quite as fast, which is why I like it. But for example, if I'm playing seven card stud, um, it just, it's just so fast. If you don't win a couple of hands early on, you're just basically done. So, but anyway, that's my mixed game play, getting some more reps in for, uh, for my world series trip. What about uh, you, Martin? What, Give us an update on your recent mixed gameplay. Well, I've got to report a downturn, which is uh, the first time since I've been recording this podcast that that's that that's happened to me. But uh, I've been playing some Deuce to Seven Open Face Chinese on SWC, which consistently has been good for me. But uh, SWC is a Bitcoin site, and uh, basically, you 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 balance on the site is a number of chips and one million chips is one bitcoin so uh yeah i've dropped i've dropped a few chips this uh this recent this recent weeks uh this recent couple of weeks playing that game where i've, I've been up to then i've been playing on there since the start of lockdown so uh three years really up to then it's been consistent good news for me but uh just for the last couple of weeks, I've not been able to make my uh, lows way too often. I, you 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 have to in that game you have to find a low hand in the middle, and if you don't make a low of a specific strength, I'll go into more detail in a later podcast. But if you don't make a low of a specific strength, uh, you foul your hand. Well, I've been fouling my hand way too often recently. Uh, just the cards that have been falling my way, I've been pairing the middle cards, which is not good, and. They've been too high, so uh, yeah, I've, I've I've done badly. I've made a little bit of money back on other websites, on other poker sites. Uh, I've been playing some Spit and Special on Pokio, the app, and that's made me a little bit back. And also done reasonably well in tournaments on Poker Stars and Party Poker without any actual wins. Um, but yeah, downturn. So I'll have to try to make that up next time. All right, yeah, we can hear about your fouling, you know, since since all we hear is about all your success all the time. I'm kind of tired of it. It's about time we hear of a game that maybe you don't play quite as well as the others. <laughs> yeah, I've been and that's why I was trying to get you. Yeah, I was trying to get us to. Sorry, go on, go on, Sean, go on. To talk about Chicago without you actually ever playing because, you know, again, <laughs> go ahead, Martin, sorry. Yeah, no, I've given back to the community in that in that uh, game just recently. So uh, I've I've got to do a bit of studying and get my game back on track and and uh, start to hopefully get the bankroll building back up again. It's only fair. You can't just keep take take take. It's like a relationship. Don't you got to give a little once in a while, Martin? <laughs> so we we appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
If you want to learn more about mixed games, Martin and I have each written a book. Head over to Amazon for my book, Poker, All the Games, a comprehensive introductory guide to mixed games. There you can read the rules and basic strategy for each of 23 mixed poker games. So Martin, tell us where we can find your ebook. My ebook is called Pot Limits Fit and Special, a European version of Draw Maha. It's available on Amazon and it'll cover, if you get the book, you'll be able to see how to deal and play the, the game. And uh, it takes you through all the starting hands, the strengths, various strengths and uh, likelihood that you'll improve your hand. Uh, that also goes for the likelihood that you'll hit Omaha hands. Um, takes you to the streets, how to play pre-flop, flop, how to play the draw, the turn and the river. Um, and also gives you a quiz towards the end where you can test your skills. Uh, the questions are all based on hands I had recently played before I wrote the book. So you can decide whether you should bet, how much you should bet, whether you should call, fold, whether you should also change specific cards, whether you should keep certain cards and change others. Um, it's quite comprehensive. It'll make you take you from a beginner to a decent level player. Um, and as I say, that's available on Amazon. So uh, one-stop shop, go over to Amazon. You can pick up uh, both of our books. All right. You can follow me on Twitter at P-O-K-R, all the games. And you can also subscribe at pokerchannel.substack.com. And finally, Martin, where can our listeners follow you? I can be followed on Twitter at Poker for Leisure. That's P-O-K-E-R, the number four, L-E-I-S-U-R-E. So if you're in the U.S., you probably pronounce that poker for leisure. And also, my blog is on uh, pokerchannel.substack.com. No, it's not. That's yours. Let me say that Poker again. for leisure, yeah. That's right. Yeah, That's, yeah. Give, give me another poker plug. Pokerforleisure.substack.com. <laughs> and do follow poker short. for leisure. Yeah, pokerforleisure.substack.com for Martin. <laughs> That's the one. This beer is probably stronger than they're telling me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I think it's mislabeled. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to test that and check it. Well, that's all for episode 29, Draw Maha Zero. Join us again in two weeks for episode 30, which is gonna be a special episode with a special guest and the game called Bad Maha, a game invented by one of the players at Martin's Home Game. Thank you for listening to Poker, All the Games. Thanks to Ricky Snyder for music and sound. Be sure to leave us a review and subscribe to this podcast, Poker, All the Games, so you never miss an episode. Until then, may your hands be huge, your cards fill both high and low, and scoop as many pots as you can.